All right, guys. I think I got to stop putting down my uh, fake voice for you guys, you know, trying to sound like all you. I'm going to start talking how I normally sound. All right, well, the record button has been pressed, so it's time for... As it really seems to be going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before the edge. <laughs> but... We hit a flow in the conversation. Um, I think I'm... Open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with... I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Today's guest is Sarah Franklin, my wife. All right. Uh, we are getting more and more relaxed in front of the podcast microphone, and you're going to hear quite an interesting conversation between us where we get real. We get real. cranking out on the Jews harp. Uh, my wife doesn't like when I say Jews harp. She thinks I'm being racist. But I tell her that's what I searched on, you know, Amazon for. That's the name that they call it, you know. It, I mean, they also have the name jaw harp. But uh, I think they say Jews harp is also pr- the way, I mean, it's just the way what you call it. I don't know. I just think, I think when it gets to that point where, where someone says something like that and then you people think you're racist, I think that's just stupid. So I want to reply to you guys. Chris, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, I just wanted to explain a little bit about that. So yeah, that, that was pretty fun. I thought it up. I, wa- I wanted to do something improvisatory with Chris because Chris is really good with that. He's got that drama thing going on. I'm sure he does a lot of improvisation things. And he just, I, I always notice that he's just great at it. I thought, okay, let's have him do Arnold because he has a pretty good Arnold impression that you can pretty much bring up at any time. And then also I just thought, you know, it'd be funny to say, okay, he's he's lost everything because of his, his scandals and everything, and then he ends up becoming Chris's maid. And then Chris would just fill in all the all the pieces, and that was that was pretty much what happened. It was it was real fun. 
yeah, we'll hope to do something like that again. Maybe I can even get the other guys on it. You know, it's it's some it's kind of like comedy bang bang. And if anybody wants to do that, we could we could definitely uh, you know let me know. <laughs> uh, post editing award goes to Chris. Everyone I think does a little bit of post. I have just started to really really do a little bit, and it, it does help. I've I finally got a system where I can get it done. Where basically I do it at night on Saturday night, my day off, and I I can get it done. So yeah, post editing award goes to Chris. I loved his sound check. Number one, that was great. Dan put him up to the challenge, and Chris just blew blew it out of the park with that one. The correspondence things that you do, you know, where you where you take a sound clip and do it out in the public or whatever, or live, and then during the podcast you'll call those those sound clips up. That's that's really fun, and uh, you do that, you pull that off really well. And then your conversation with Scott. Very nice. Though I have to say one point that I actually had the idea for putting Scott's laugh into my podcast before I heard Chris do this. So it's just like we're both on the same wavelength here, you know. Everyone's starting to use these. Everyone's starting to use each other's clips, you know, from other podcasts. And it's fun. It's like having a whole bunch of magazines to make collages out of, you know. You can get clip, clip, clip here, here and there. It's fun. Okay, Dan... Dan's podcast, the last one. I can't get that one out of my head because it's like so great, so raw, um, putting himself out there. I, I thought that was really awesome to to get that from from Dan. I'm I was really you know impressed with his honesty and his uh, his and everything. You know, it was it was awesome. And uh, you know, of course, when you hear things like that, it, it really brought me back because I've had some extreme breakups and and stuff like that in my past you know that really just just brings me right back there you know um back to the pain back to remembering what it's like to to end a relationship i mean sometimes it feels good if it's really bad but and and sometimes it feels good if it's if it, i mean dan dan said it was kind of mutual but there's still that it's like flipping your life all around you know dan talking about changing his 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 furniture ripping things up throwing things out it's weird to say the least it's like a de- it's like mortem de- or not it's it's like post-mortem depression only a baby's not leaving you it's a person's leaving you in your life and that post time is depressing it's just a depressing time i i feel for you man uh have some fun scott I've been pretty busy lately, so I wanted to mention how I was, uh, I haven't missed this, but I've really been loving the background music you've been putting in your podcast. I think that's a really nice effect. And then just you being you, I just, I smile and I enjoy your podcast. They're just, just, just a nice stream of Scott. You're very easy at just like putting on the record button and just going. And I, I like that too. I like your reviews. I like your recommendations. It's fun to listen to your, you know, you're, you're good in that, that stuff. Oh, the latest episode. I loved it. Use the speech program, right? I think when you did that, you had a program that either manipulated your voice or it was a voice of its own, but it sounded like your voice. But when I heard you talk in the end, then I was like, okay, it's Scott or it's not Scott. Uh, But it was close enough to your voice where I thought it might have been you. But maybe it is. Maybe there's some computer program that I don't know about, and you just give it a, a sample of your voice, and it can say a lot of things. I don't. I. I really was. Just, I was just. It was really cool. It was one of the best speech program things or something that I that uh, 
I've heard. Uh, your podcast was full of clips of us, like a, a, whole, a whole scramble of them, and it was fun. It was like interference or whatever. You know, it was really creative, and I love it. Everyone's been expanding their creative bounds here, and it's really fun to see everyone grow. I think we're all inspiring each other, and it's great. All right, and that that's pretty much it with Scott. Okay, we are now moving on to dreams. I got another thought about them. Remember when Scott and I were talking and we talked about how lucid dream, you need to do something to keep yourself from waking up when you realize that you're dreaming? And isn't that weird? I mean, why, when we are dreaming, do we... Why, when we are dreaming, do once the second we get some consciousness, all of a sudden it scares the crap out of us? Like, what what happens between that? What What mechanism is going on that makes it so that we're... You know, we get completely terrified when we realize that we're dreaming. It's as if, uh, you know how, how dreams seem to be timeless? As if, like, we're, you know, like like what they say in, in, in Inception. Dreamless, dreams are, like, timeless compared to the outward world, or at least, like, it seems like ten minutes. Ten minutes of dreams can go on during a second or a minute of dreaming. And I, I think that's kind of true when you when you think about how doesn't it seem like weird because a lot of times when you have dreams it seems to lead to the cliff or it seems to lead to whatever it is that startles you. It's as if in your dream you're going to you know you you're getting woke up in your real world or something like that like the alarm's about to go off or or something in your mind or or you or you're or you're falling off your bed or something like that. I remember falling off the the bunk bed once and I dreamt I swear I was dreaming for like five minutes about whatever was related to and then when I started falling you know I experienced falling in my dream and then I I woke up on the floor I wonder if if that's kind of kind of what it is you know the stress of of being conscious brings breaks you out of that sleep so it's it's just an interesting aspect of dreams that the second that you have any consciousness, all of a sudden you're out of them. Um, around here, I kind of feel like a northerner in the south. I guess I'm, you know, I'm basically like, a, what, what would you want to call it? Like a little bit more modern person, maybe like you would want to say, somewhat of a city folk in in a doing a farmer job in the country, you know. And a lot of times it does feel that way. Like I just, you know, the stuff they listen to, the stuff they like. The way they talk, the things they like to talk about, it's totally similar to what you would think about Southern kind of ideals or, or kind of the Republican ideals, too. I mean, far, farming's very, very much Republican. Um, yeah, so, so I guess I, I just, you know, a lot of times I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a duck out of water or, or I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in a place that's like, you know, it's... it's I'm, I'm definitely the odd man out. Uh, politics. I had this idea about politics. I think that politics are kind of hard to understand when they're at the top, but yet that's usually the only thing that anyone pays attention to. Usually what makes the news is, you know, choices by the president and whatnot, and and we should be paying attention and whatnot to that. But half the time, we don't understand why the president can't do exactly the, the thing that we want them to do. You know, and there's, and, and really, in, in, uh, 
when you get up to the top, when you get up to the presidential level, it's almost as if they really don't have much choice. I mean, they have a way that they're leaning. They they have a lot of power, but I mean, pretty much they're balanced in, in a lot of ways. And and so you know, a lot of what comes out of out of the top is is really just safe, um, dry stuff. And so, really, what it is is that the main the majority of the public does not really understand politics i don't think and really for it to be a true a true um democracy i think everybody needs to really have a generally uh pretty good education in politics um like like i mean from the ground up cop politics like from where you are what sort of town county uh, state and national regulations are being afflicted on you, and which and who makes those rules, and how do they make those rules? I don't think many people know that, and that's really the chain of power. And uh, so, by the time you get to the president, it's so disconnected, and yet that's the thing that we get most obsessed about. And then I remember voting. I feel like if you vote, you should have a decent education of politics because you're just basically giving power to people that you don't even know half the time. I mean, I've just looked at, uh, you know, especially like any time to vote. There's usually like two races that I know about, maybe a governor's race or, or a presidential race. And then there's about five or six other things that you don't even know anything about. And usually I'll just go... Democrat all the way down, you know, and that's not really fair. I know that, I mean, even in the presidential race, if there's a Republican or Democrat, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if there's one candidate that I see that's better, I will choose that one. Um, but but then again, you know, if, if I don't know anything about it, then I might just veer towards Democrat. And so that's really unfair. And, and really, I wish... I wish there was an option, at least, for the uneducated um, person voting. That is, uh, uh, there should always be an option of none of the above, or I don't know any of them, and so I I should not vote for them. And that might show you the exact interests that people have in their town government. You'll find that you might have only like five people that actually know what they're talking about. Um, the same thing I think is is uh, is is true with jury jury duty. Jury duty is like once again, a, you should have some decent legal education. You know, everybody on juries like uh, it just it just makes it it's weird to think that like like pers- people's lives are on the line from. You know, basically just Joe Schmo people in, in um, you know, in juries that really don't know much. And so they pretty much, you know, are pretty much calling things from their gut. And I guess that's the best you can do. But, I, I mean, I'd rather have some people that know what they're doing, know the legal system well, before I have them be my jury. 
I don't know. I, that's a hard one to really know. All I know is that, that, uh, that the legal system's pretty messed up anyways. But it's still kind of true. Okay, well, um, now we're going to have a conversation with Sarah. Um, I felt this, this was fun because it, uh, basically the way that it was set up was that I was laying on a couch and she, on one side of the, ho- um, the room and she was laying on the couch the other side of the room and we were just relaxing after a long day. And I just put the, the microphone on in the, in the center and just let us talk. And uh, it, w- it was nice. It was, it was, I think that that helped in the long run. You know, we started just getting pretty real. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Getting pretty real. So, um, I will, I hope that you enjoy the conversation with my wife. I never wonder why Forget about yourself Forget I found this new thing called editing. I'm gonna edit the shit out of this. Okay. <laughs> I might do that to everything from now on. Okay, so you'll edit it so whatever I don't feel comfortable with with cut will come out. Yes. And if the whole thing I don't feel comfortable with any of it, then it's, it's gone. It's gone. That's okay. Now I can relax. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So Sarah. It's evening on a very hard day at the farm. I worked from 3 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock at night, about. Mm-hmm. So, what is that, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 hours, mm-hmm. right? I don't know, it's a lot of time. 16 <laughs> hours. I work today, so if I sound a little tired, a little drawn, drawn out, you know, that that is what it is. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's going to make this uh, podcast sound, or this interview, sound awfully slow and disheveled and distorted. But don't worry about that. I think I'll be able to pull through. So, Sarah... Let's talk for reals, man. Okay, but you're not, you have to act like you're not, you're scaring me. <laughs> Alright, so Sarah has called this kind of like taking her into the dance floor. Like the second I press the record button, something changes with the atmosphere. 
And so I have to slowly guide her towards that because it's, um, you know, you, you can't just go full, full salsa on, on someone that's never really had much dance experience. Or, or just plain old, they just got to break the ice a little bit, and you can't just, you know, jump right into it. So you got to just uh, take it slow, um, you know, uh, make it more puffy, fluffy in the beginning. Don't, don't jump to the hardcore stuff yet. So, Sarah, how's your day been? <laughs> Good. <laughs> How, seriously though I mean no it's, it's been exhausting let us, I, yeah. no, I'll, I'll tell you it's, it's been, been exhausting okay. right um well the, I can't even remember what it's been I mean the morning the morning I was up with I don't remember who woke up first and we had pancakes then what did we do it's been a long day <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been a long day for both of us see when I work longer Sarah works longer so we're both both like the same level of exhaustion and we both have a hard time letting each other go on it you know because you know what was nice tonight was uh looking for your phone when you watch data yeah. I got to get out of the house and you got to be inside the house and we're both still working yeah. but at least it's in a different place a different that's way. true yeah like I long to be inside the house you long to be outside yeah yeah. yeah, it's true. When you come in in the day, you're just like not wanting to leave. And when I go out there, oh, man. Yeah. Although I get tired. You get tired being out there that quickly because it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, see, that's that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, you. I, but inside here, it takes probably a good hour before I'm, I'm just like, okay, this is exhausting too. <laughs> exactly. At least the, the conditions inside here are okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> it, uh, it's good for our bodies. Yes. Um, I think you, you could say, you know, I think a healthy, active person, a person that's got a lot of motivation, a person that, that uh, is getting things done in the world, they they are rewarded by it, you know. They they basically are don't need to exercise. They don't need to you know do the things that other people have to do because they they get it done with their life, with the things they do in their life, their their work or whatever. It's going to be physical. They're going to get out there and do a garden. They're going to get out there and push that wheelbarrows and lift heavy things and build things and I don't know just the. Or, or, or just, just the idea of chores. Yeah, it's nice. Like, day, always having daily chores that are pretty extreme. I mean, I'm, like, carrying heavy buckets. I'm, I'm wrestling calves. I'm um, pushing. Yeah, remember? Pu- pushing remember water. last winter with the snow when you were, when that, oh, that those two heifers got free when we were moving oh my them? God. They ran up this steep hill. Yeah. You should tell this. I'll tell the story. They ran up this steep hill. Like, yeah, yeah they, okay. So no, I want to tell the story. Can I'm I explain talking. it though? No, no. I'm telling you. Sure, sure, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you suck at this. <laughs> so, not really, because I'm talking. You don't suck. Um,. Uh, they, they were like, turning this corner to get the heifers out and, and there was a steep cliff and the, the um, I'm so distracted now 
Yeah, well, the steep cliff, what, like, I didn't think that they would ever be able to climb up it. It was so steep, you know. Right, and I said it, and I said, Joel, what if they go up there? And you're like, they know they won't. I, then, I said they won't, and I said they never have. They never know? have. Well, whatever. So they do. They shoot up this thing, and then two, Joel... One of them. Two, two of them, two. Yeah. And then Joel has to catch them, and um, it's snowy, and it's slippery. And I was how far pregnant? Oh, I don't even know. I was big. Yeah. And then and I was running. We were chasing these oh, peppers <laughs> to try to, like, pin them down. And uh, Leah was there holding Sophie. Remember? She was in the barn. And then Joel ends up having to wrestle this fairly large heifer to the ground. He jumps on it. No, what did you do? You jumped towards it. You grabbed his tail. And then you held on tight while it dragged you. And then you climbed up on top of it and what? punched it. No, no. <laughs> Alright, wait, wait. Let let me explain a little bit of my point of view. Okay, this thing, like it was the winter, so like this thing totally had the advantage. Like I was, you know, just trudging and running in the snow going after this thing. And it would it would it was just running all around and just like I had no time for this, you know, I was chasing this thing and uh then I, I um I finally get it by yeah, I grant I get a hold of its tail and then I and then I I tackle it by grippling around its legs, and uh, and then yes, by that point I had been pissed and the thing started thrashing and everything, and I got up to its head and I twisted it so that it, it would stay down, and then I was so angry with the whole situation that I that I just like right there I punched it in the face, Ugh. and that got Sarah Sarah like Sarah looked at me like I was the devil, she was like. She was like, I can't believe I saw that. Don't do that in front of me. I don't want to see you ever do that. You know? And I'm, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't usually do this. This doesn't usually happen. It's just, this is pretty extreme. You know? Uh, and I had to like, you know, drag it down to the, to the thing. Cause I didn't have a rope or anything. Yeah. By one leg. You just held out the leg. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was so like, I had got the thing so scared that it was staying on its side. And I was just like. You know, I just was like, like, like in this rage, and I just grab it by one leg, and I just start dragging it over the snow. And I mean, it was over the snow, so it wasn't like it was. Yeah, it wasn't hurt. I mean, it wasn't it hurting. Didn't it act hurt, but it was just intense. It was intense, though. Ugh. Those heifers, man. That that's right around the su- the time when they start to get bigger than me, and I can't really wrestle them anymore. Yeah. But there's a lot of lot of calf wrestling you got to do. I mean, this place is amazing for views. Yeah, I mean, this place is amazing. Like, you you walk up the hill from the farm, and you're just in, like, the most beautiful place in the world. Yeah. Just, like, paths that lead between trees, all different kinds. Like, there's pine grove, and there's that goes up the hill. All these the hills are alive. <laughs> and horses in the woods. Like, you walk With along, you come upon horses. And of music. You know, the, yeah, the, um... Sound uh, or the Amish, yeah. I mean, there's lots of horses. Yeah. Around here, there's. I mean, just the Amish scenery itself is. Yeah, is buggies going by. Buggies going by their houses, all kind of cute houses with gardens. You know, all always looking pretty square and and like big barns and big white houses. And uh, kind of. Joel, if if anybody could become Amish, don't you think we could? <laughs> 
if that would be the ultimate dive, I would have to give up this podcast. I would have to give up a lot of things. Yeah, and it's like, uh, why do you, why? Like, why? Because then you also lose your ability to, like, make choices for yourself. It's like another way of becoming a monk. In yeah, a exactly. You're choosing. I mean, they're constantly in freedom to choose to not live like that. Yep. We're so lucky to watch this little girl. I know. She's, She's three and a half months now. Yeah. Ada is a beautiful girl. Ada's the best, basically. Ada Celeste. Ada. I'm actually scared to watch True Blood. Like, it makes me, like, it gives me weird dreams. I go to upstairs feeling creepy. <laughs> Oh, uh, see here, here. This guy's. This is this is the total um, buzzkill Sarah can be sometimes. <laughs> she'll, she'll we'll get so excited. Like the last show, I remember Sarah saying specifically during the show. She said, "This is one of the best episodes I've seen ever." You know, because it was silly. It was silly, but it also like everything that was tying in together was like you loved it. Yeah, no, it was exciting too. Yeah, and. Uh, and and that it was just funny to hear you now. You're just you're afraid. You're afraid of what you might see. Well, it's more like it's it's more like um, I don't know. I I really do get funny dreams from it. Yeah, funny dreams. Yeah. Um, on Scott's the podcast that I interviewed Scott, uh, we talked about um, uh, what do you call it when when you're conscious when you're dreaming yeah that rarely happens for me Luc- lucent lucid lucid right yeah lucid dreaming i don't know but it could be like that lucid dream yeah i think that's it um yeah it basically means that you are conscious in your dream and you have control of your dream yeah and i would love to be that that you know you wouldn't yeah. want to leave you have know. you i've had that happen just a couple of times Early early morning. Hey. But we don't get that anymore. What 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 did you do? What was if it's only a couple times you probably remember, right? I don't. I don't remember it. I Any just remember it? feeling no. I just remember feeling like I I was I, you were conscious it. for a while. Yeah. yeah, Scott says like there's ways you can train yourself to do it, like because basically I've had moments like he said where you find yourself like you, you realize, oh, I'm dreaming, mm. and then something scary happens, like you fall off a cliff or something, mm. and then mm. you wake up. Mm. Uh, he said, that's where you got to, like, once you realize you're dreaming, you there's something, like he said, you got to spin around in circles, um, and for some reason that calms you down, huh. or it's a mechanism that reminds you that you're, you're, you want to stay asleep. And you want a lucid dream now. Okay. Let's talk about fights. Okay. Fighting. I uh, just... My cousin had just uh, wrote something. He's going to get married this fall. And he just wrote down a post on Facebook that he wanted some positive stories about marriage... Because he's been hearing nothing lately but um, negative stories about struggles, about pain and everything. And 
I I wrote down, you know, every every with every struggle that Sarah and I have, we get, become closer and closer. And you know, I think that is a very genuine thing. I'm I'm saying I think Sarah would agree too, but it's like also with every argument, it's it's um. It feels like it could be the one that puts us over the edge. Yeah, it's so exhausting. <laughs> and where we finally go over the cliff and we say, I've had it. Yeah. 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 And um, we just talked, or I mean, I just listened to Dan's podcast. And he's kind of depressed because he, um, he, he just uh, broke up with his girlfriend. And, you know, to hear him during a breakup, it just brought me back to the times that I've had bad breakups. I've had some, some real miserable breakups and some real hang-ups. Like, I've, I was, like, you know, really hung up on the, these girls for a long time afterwards. Um, like, some tried to be friends and it never worked out, you know. And... And I just, uh, just to hear Dan talk about um, going through a breakup and all the stuff related to it, even though Dan's approach to it was kind of cute, you know, Dan was kind of like putting dating and pol- uh, or economics together, um, which kind of, you know, like is, is pure Dan, you know, but... Um, Still, I mean, you could tell he was really, really rejected and bummed out. He was feeling really down, you know. And I just remember those times. It is, it is really hard, you know. Um, like, there's part of me that kind of is kind of relieved. I think, you know, this makes it so that I'm the only one of, of uh, all the four guys that has a girl. Chris is got no one, Dan just lost his girlfriend and Scott's not with anyone, you know. Mm. Um and and I'm not necessarily I don't feel like I'm that something to be sorry for him about. But yeah, it's no, just it's interesting cuz it, it it's obsessive though. I mean they're always thinking about it. Everyone's always thinking about it. When you're single, you're always thinking I need someone. Mm-hmm. And and of course you know, sometimes when you're with someone, then you're wondering what it's like to be without, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just how it is. The grass is always greener. But there's part of me that's kind of relieved that I don't have to go through that anymore. I'm very grateful. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Even though I really enjoyed being single, actually. Yeah, I did too. Well, I, I, I did, but I also kind of... I was irresponsible, and I didn't really understand how to take care of myself really and so so it would get to the point where I'd have piles of crap all over the place and I I would just I would just become a complete depressing mess and I would just have my little huddle with a computer or something like that that I would just spend all my time in front of all day yeah Where Sarah had this vibrant life with her, her dog. She would take walks with all the time, every day. And she would take walks. She would take walks maybe three, four times a day. And uh, she would frolic with the birds and, and get plenty of plenty of good walking in. 
and blueberry picking and uh, and and smelling roses and um, going to creeks and throwing stones and stuff like that. Sarah, Sarah you know, would would do that anytime she wanted. Until I showed up. No, they started dragging you along with me. Yeah, and you started dragging me along with you, and then it got to be such a pain to drag me that you're just like, scrap. Yeah. <laughs> but let's go back to, to arguments. So what do you think? I mean, like, like struggles that we have, arguments that we have, like, they do make us stronger, right? Yeah, I agree. I like what Sookie said on Truth Blood. What'd she say? She said... Uh, she felt like every fight they had was a fight for their future. I like fighting with you. I mean, I don't. I hate fighting with you when it gets really bad. But I like fighting with you uh, because you're willing to say when you're wrong, and I like that. Yeah. And you're willing to apologize, and I like that too. Yeah, and uh, and I think maybe that's part of it too. It's like knowing how to fight well. Like, you still fight, but you also kind of acknowledge that fights happen, so it makes the fights better. Yeah, you always seemed like you were more comfortable fighting than I was, because I, I would get scared and just think that was the end, and, and I don't know, like, it scares yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to fight. And I, I was just like, eh, this is, this is how it is, you know? I mean, fights happen. But you're, you're, you, in the beginning, you are a tough person to fight with, because you just, like, don't like you would just stop talking you just you know like lock yourself in a room drive away not talk to me for a couple of days yeah that was hard I can be extreme but but I think it was you know it was like it was like desperate like yeah, you were de- yeah. like like I think there was a point where where it got heavy Sarah you know and then I had to kind of fight back to make it more, you know, more Joel in this atmosphere, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think we really do have a balance that's kind of been achieved, I think. Yeah, but it's probably a constant thing, isn't it? Or maybe it's sure, like yeah. it does feel comfortable. I mean, I feel comfortable. And I think little by little I'm going towards Sarah. A little little by little Sarah has little things that she goes towards me. Yeah, right. And uh yeah. So so it's fun. I mean, I guess we're doing it the right way, you know, because we are stronger. We we're maturing together, you know. I don't you know, there's like a point where you hear the same argument enough that you just kind of like, okay, this is endless or something like that or or this is not this is a point that can't be can't be resolved. Yeah, but mostly hopefully no nothing gets to that point. I mean, things are going to get to that point, but yeah, I, there's plenty of things that we've argued about. Yeah, no, it's true. They everyone, everyone has their ar- yeah, arguments right, right, that, right. that are just like no one's going to win. Right. And and that's classic. Right. Um, and sometimes you only have to do is say one thing, and then it brings up a whole history of that argument or whatever. So, so that in itself can be something that's tough, like the, the cycle of, of bad, you know, repetitive things. And so that's something also I think we would address. When, once we figure that out, I think we kind of let them go. And I think that's happened. Or maybe maybe we have so little time and we're so stressed that we really don't have time to be 
getting hung up on stuff. We just kind of have to be like, okay, that's that's stupid to get hung up about. We gotta be we gotta be adults here. Let's let's um let's be good to each other. Yeah. Yeah. We have too little time yeah. to not. Yeah. Be. Exactly. Yeah. So that, in a sense, is another reason why farming life is good for us. By having kids. <laughs> All right, the podcast is over. Okay. Sarah, it was nice to podcast with you. Let's play the the mind game once. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see the mind game. All right. Heart. Stop. Oh gosh, it didn't go very far, but um, that house, the other house we used to live in. Other house we used to live in. How did you get there? Okay. Um, well, the heart made me um think about Emily's heart. Oh fuck. <laughs> um, which made me think about the pond. Which made me think about um, skinny dipping with Jessica. Last summer, which made me think about the other house. There you go, the mind game doing wonders once again. Alright, well, everyone out there, I hope you've enjoyed another installment of Finding the Glow with Joe Franklin.